You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Things are heating up, and what that means ultimately is that Aaron Judge is going to get a contract for more than $300 million, and the American League MVP is going to be choosing in all likelihood between the New York Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. This is Dirt and Sprague. Here's Thomas Bryant checking into the game for the Lakers. Going to replace Lonnie Walker, so they'll leave. Oh, no, they're going to get AD out. Okay. So now both LeBron and AD on the bench for the Lakers. 1913 Cleveland. 350 remaining in the first quarter. Davis going to the back of the locker room. Doesn't look like he's feeling too well. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. And now that I've gotten here and I see it, and I understand it, and I can grasp it, and I can touch it, and I can feel it, and I can taste it, I truly understand what you want. All you want is the opportunity to win, to compete, to dominate, to be amongst the elite, to be amongst the best. And darn it, I'm going to give you that. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080 The Fan. Good morning, happy hump day. There we go. What is happening? Nice little Wednesday morning. (laughs) It is a nice little Wednesday morning. How you doing, Dirt? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I uh, saw a story. I got a, uh, this woman got tattooed on her eyeballs. Oh, okay. Did you know you could do that, by the way? I did not know you could do that. I don't know why you would ever want to do that. Uh, Why? You could actually have the whites of your eyes tattooed. Why? That's pretty dumb. Sounds like it'd be really painful. They'd have to pry your eyes open. I don't know how you keep your eyes from closing with a needle in there. Uh, They're green and blue, if you're asking the color. Okay, why wouldn't you just wear, like, you know, contact lenses that change the color of your eyes? Because those exist, and you can just kind of pop them in and take them out. She didn't dye the colored part of her eyes. She dyed the whites. Oh. So the surrounding part around the color is green and blue. Okay. Interesting. She's going blind. And that's a real story. Shocking development. She's given herself glaucoma, and she can barely keep her eyes open. (laughs) Maybe she just wanted some legal weed. Maybe she's not in a legal weed state, and she just wanted something to hook it up. Uh, Every day I am reminded of how stupid some people are. There's a lot of stupid people out there, man. I I go home, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I got this wrong, or oh, I forgot that, or didn't do this, (laughs) and you're an idiot. And then I read stories, and I go, "Ah, you're not that much of an idiot. You're not that dumb. It's good to encourage yourself from time to time. Because we screw stuff up all the time. I'll, I forget things constantly. I have the worst memory on the entire planet. Like so the things that happened two days ago, I have no clue. I forget to do things constantly. But there are dumber people than us on the planet. And it's it's a heartwarming feeling to know that. I, I get a lot of crap from my wife about forgetting to do things or things that I forgot <laughs> that she told me. Yeah. And I, I've kind of always struggled with this. It's largely like if I don't. 
I hate saying this, but like if I don't care as much of about it as other things, sure, it's not gonna stay at the forefront of your mind. <laughs> it's in one ear out the other. It was something yes. I, I see. This is what's funny. I can't even remember what the example was, but she had just told me about something, <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. "What? I uh-huh. I didn't know that was happening." She was, "I told you three days ago," and I'm like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, you totally did. Yeah, I remember that. I'm constantly worried that that's like a sign of something in my future, you know, Alzheimer's or something. Like it just, you know. No, I don't think it is. I think we. It's normal, right? Yes, I think it's normal. I think we as a species have so much information thrown at us now, more so than we ever have. And it's it's hard to retain all of it. It's not easy. Like go back to when you studied in school. Hell, like 5% of the stuff I studied I would actually retain in time for the test. Most of it would go in one year out the other. My excuse for the wife is that I feel like if you broke down the conversations that happen in our relationship, like the amount of words that are spoken between the two of us, I'd say we're at a 75-25 split. Like it's just, you know, she talks. She's a talker. She'll go. And there could be like, you know, 45 straight minutes where I'm just doing a lot of uh uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And how much of that am I supposed to remember? I feel like I'm only liable for five minutes of it. You know, the most important bullet points. I'm going to retain as much as I can, but there's, there's you're throwing a lot at me here. What do you want me to do? How much better do you think we would be as listeners? Because like I, I am interested in listening, and there are certain conversations that I pay a, real attention yes, to. Yes, if it's a serious conversation, yeah. I will not have my phone or have a TV on. But if you're talking about how you want to decorate the living room, right? I'm probably mm. watching the game in the background. Decorate the living room. And go ahead, do whatever. Yeah, Just uh-huh. don't put Sounds anything good. anywhere I'm going to trip over it that's of value to you. That's when well, you get a lot of uh-huhs. My, okay, so I... I want to get back to something you just said because I think that's an interesting part. Um, My wife yesterday, we're sitting in bed and she just randomly, I'm doing some work stuff on the laptop and she was kind of just staring off into space. She (laughs) randomly goes, what kind of art do you want for our bedroom? (laughs) And I went, whatever you like. Whatever you want. Go for it. I don't care. I like the way our house is decorated and it's been all you. So just keep doing that. The question is, babe, you do you. What's the budget? (laughs) Ah, well, I mean, she's, she knows there's not a big budget here. We're not, I'm not going to be the guy that spends thousands of dollars on an art piece. That's, You're not getting a dinosaur skull in your living room. No. It's not happening. One thing we have framed is a thing we got. It, it's a pretty cool little piece. It's from when we we were in Vietnam, and these people were selling them. And You know, you go to countries like Vietnam, there's a lot of personal businesses. And, yeah. You know, relatively cheap their money compared to ours. And so we're like, yeah, sure, we'll take a few. And it's like 30 <laughs> bucks. And I really like them. And we framed them. We're buying Sure. Them. We're not buying paint like my my wife's friend bought a painting and when i walked in i i go oh you got a little caesar's painting that's cool and she went what and she looked at it again and was like damn it they paid like 900 dollars for this painting and it's in orange and white it and when like you, a little caesar's logo i thought it was the little caesar's <laughs> in like a painting and i just made the observation and now she can't unsee it pizza pizza <laughs> yeah that's fantastic. Um, but you said something that stuck out there when you said you talked to your wife. You think your relationship is a 75-25 split of talking? Yeah, I think so. I'm a pretty quiet guy. Wow. I don't, I don't say a lot. I'm just kind of, I go with the flow. I'm hanging out. I'm an introvert. So when I when I have to you know use energy on the show for three hours, when I get done and I'm off the air, the last thing that I want to do is go talk to anybody. I need like a two-hour recharging window. When I'm done with the show, 
Like, just don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Let me plug in here for a bit. I'll be good to go by the middle of the afternoon. But I kind of use up all of my communication tools for the three hours of this show, and I don't really feel like talking the rest of the day. Boy, 75. Swag, I don't know about you. 75, 25 is definitely not me. My wife's a talker. She'll, she'll go. She yeah. doesn't do it to anybody else. She's very quiet and uh, reserved around other people. Mm-hmm. But when it's me, she'll, she'll go. She'll sure. start, and it's like a, you're like pulling the string, and it's a long string. My wife is more the same. Like, she's more of a talker around me than she would be like a group like if she were at a group setting you would think my wife was a mute she just doesn't talk she has a face that looks like she hates you but she doesn't she's just relaxed and chilling is your wife a mime but i wouldn't say 75 25 i mean that might be a little aggressive it might might be more like 65 35 maybe i'm being a hair aggressive she is undoubtedly dominating the conversation (laughs) that is the sentiment of the the segment and of the points that's probably 80 20 you no oh yeah, I could see that. Oh, 80-20 with the misses. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. Okay. She is the performer. Yeah, she's good. At, yeah. Well, in a certain way, you are, too. In a different way. It's still a performer. You I crack a mic that. on this show. You crack a mic doing play-by-play. <laughs> Somebody said my wife and I are in the same room right now getting ready for work, and she is rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Great text. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think about. I this. am one though for an efficiency of words, yeah. especially at home. You know what you want to say when and you need to she, say it. You get it through it. She tends to talk things out. Yes, out I'm loud in the same same boat for me. Before yeah. filtering and crystallizing a thought, yeah, to present to others, <laughs> even if it is. <laughs> Swag's, Swag's treating this as like a presentation in front of the class. Can we get to the point, please? Okay. Yes. Can you have an intro, a main subject, and a conclusion, and we'll move on? <laughs> you know, the presentation in front of a client. Could right? you even throw in what your hypothesis was at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of this conversation? And did you? No, no, no. Do the right? outline in your head. <laughs> Just give me the thesis <laughs> and your conclusion. Yeah, there's a lot of talking through things with my wife. There's a lot. There's a lot. She'll just start going. And that's where I, I honestly, I will tell her from time to time, like, you just talked for 35 straight minutes about the furniture that you want in the living room. Yeah. And you expect me to retain all of that. Do, what do you think I am? A superhero? A husband. Because I don't care about the furniture in the living room. She and wants I, you to care. And I've told you this a million times. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. What You want that piece of art? Go for it. If you want that couch, that sounds great. You were an incredible interior designer. Hell, you could have yeah. done it as a second career. I love your taste. Whatever you want to do works just, for me. Yeah, just make sure it's got some fabric protection so I can't ruin it by <laughs> spilling something. That's right. And is it comfortable for me to sit on? Does Dirt, who gets home at 9 a.m., <laughs> conclude his conversations with his wife of, you know, you, you should work a second job. <laughs> Is that what you're telling no, me? No, my wife, ha- I mean, she works like a full, like, I don't see her very often on days that she works. She's right. working like a seven to seven. So I get home and I'm like by my, if, on days that she's working. God, that is a long day, a seven to it's seven. Just, yeah, yeah, she works four twelves. And so it's, she got, you know, three days off is nice for her. But uh, yeah, she when, when she gets off of work, it is, you know, we haven't seen each other. We haven't talked all day. And it is wind her up, let her go. All right. How did, yeah. I mean, it's just like. Call, call me on the way home. Give me the full detail of how the day went. We get home. We're talking about stuff around the house. And I'm just, I'm a lot of, uh-huh. I made dinner. Here's your dinner. It's ready for you when you get home. And I do a lot of listening. It's it's pretty wild because, like, we all have things that we can take away from our day, from work, from interactions with people. I, I have noticed, like, there's just more to my wife's day than there is to mine. Like, hey, how's your day? Ah, oh, it's fine. 
I think that's a men versus woman thing. You think that's a I, sex thing? I think that's a sex thing. Hmm. I think li- little stuff, for the most part, for men does not bother us. Like, I don't let little minute details. No. Uh, internally, maybe I will, but I internalize a lot of my anger and problems, which is going to cause me issues later on in life. Sure. Like, no. I don't feel the need to vent about day-to-day operations at I work. I want to not think about it. Yes, I'm done. Home. I'm out. I, I'm home. I'm just, I yeah. know what's waiting for me when I get back, so <laughs> right. I, let me sit here and enjoy a cocktail and a ball game. <laughs> See, you're, you're, you're making an interesting point, so having grown up with just my mom right as a little kid you grow up in like a woman-run household i wonder if i have this part of me that's different maybe from from you the little things are the things that i i tend to think about the most whereas mm. the bigger things i like i have a thought but i kind of just move on and i'm like well, you know like the other day i'm walking my dog it's like a saturday or a sunday <laughs> i'm walking my dog it's early in the morning He's, you know, I got him through training. I'm still trying to keep him going and, you know, doing the whole correction thing. And we have a little park a tenth of a mile from our house. And as I'm walking, I see a dog, a German Shepherd, off a leash, dudes playing catch. Okay, I've seen some dogs off leashes and some really well-trained, listen dogs. And I'm a little nervous because German Shepherds, for whatever reason, that breed seems to hate my dog. (laughs) Black German Shepherds, brown German Shepherds. They all hate this dog. German Shepherds can be in. Uh, they can be aggressive. Intimidating. It, very intimidating. And so I see this dog. The dog runs after the ball, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk real fast past this because I don't want to worry about it. <laughs> this guy seems confident, though. This dog's off leash. Guess what the German Shepherd does? It comes running back with the ball. What do you think it does? Oh, it comes running right up to my dog, aggressively. Uh-huh. Gets to like his ass, and he's like, Rrr. And I pu- I'm pulling my dog, and I'm, like, kind of choking him a little bit just to keep him away. And I'm like, I'm ready to kick this German Shepherd in the face. And the guy, like, calls. He's just like, hey, hey, hey. And, like, the third hey, the dog finally listens to him and walks back. And I goes, I'm sorry. He doesn't normally do that. And I had to walk away immediately because I was going to murder this man. If you're not a 1,000% sure your dog's not going to be aggressive, put a leash on the damn dog. You see what I'm doing? I got a leash on my dog because my dog will fight your dog. Even if he gets his ass kicked, he will fight your dog. Those are the little things that bother me. They eat at me. I sit see, there that's and fair. I feel like that's a fair thing to be bothered by, though. Societal problems yeah. eat at me because I'll sit for 20 minutes and just think, why did that person think they could do that? Or why did this person think that was the right way? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair thing to do because that could, that in the moment, could feel like a traumatizing situation. I like, hate it. Like that German Shepherd could have attacked your dog. And then you're in a position of, what do I do? I got to defend my dog. Like we've all been in there with our dogs. Like it's not a new, that's not a very comfortable feeling. I feel like the, the more, the, the, the things that I let go and I don't let bother me are like little stuff at work. Little, you know, like, oh, this coworker said this, or this is going on, or this is the drama behind it. Like, those are the kind of things that my wife will harp on and, and you know, focus on in her day-to-day life that I completely let go. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't bother me. When I'm in the moment in the office, I'm like, ah, that kind of pissed me off. Sure. And then I get in my car and I'm driving home listening to smooth jazz, and I'm like, all right, I'm done for the day. Things are going good. <laughs> it's 9.15. I'm on my way home. I don't let it bother me. Those are the different, like, I feel like that situation would get to my nerves. Like, not being aware societally is something that pisses me off more than anything on this planet. Same, because I'm trying every day and everything I do to, like, be conscious of 
the other person. There's other people. Another person. This goes with driving. This goes with walking. This goes with, you know, just societal rules that we should all follow that I feel like 70% of us do and 30% of us just flip double birds and they make it hell for the rest of us. Those kind of things piss me off. Like, I could have a family member absolutely screw me over and I'll just be like, yeah. And the wife will go, how do you still talk to this person? I go, you know, they are who they are. (laughs) I know who they are. What do you want me to do about that? I can shrug that off because I'm used to trash humans. But, like, yeah, little things, they just they tend to eat at me. But I said uh, a board segment, why my wife keeps uh, looking at me. If I agree, I'm on the couch and I get nothing for the next week. I'm avoiding eye contact currently. <laughs> Shout out to all the wives listening to the show in the opening segment. We love the wives. Love the wives. Love our I wives. I love my wife. This is a safe space for us, though, to yeah. bet. My wife ain't listening to this segment. <laughs> my wife is not. Well, at least I hope she's the not 6 a.m. segment, my wife is definitely not listening to that segment. She usually turns it on. My wife does it like 6.30. I got a, I got a half hour free. You got a little buffer. You know, and then at like 8, she's at work, so the last hour's free, too. Well, we got a lot to get to today. I, I, I want to start. I, I want to get to something Dirt did that I just saw. And oh. it was four or five days ago. I just caught wind of this. I want to revisit something Dirt did. I'm a content machine, baby. You are a content machine. And sometimes my Twitter feed is <laughs> screwed up, and I don't see a tweet until two days later. So I mm. want to get to something you did at 630. Uh, but I also want to start with you at 615. And I'll tell you what that is. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague. In with you on this Wednesday, we had a uh, tweet yesterday that Arson Judge was going to sign with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, That was from John Heyman, our good Odyssey baseball insider, telling us Arson (laughs) Judge is going to sign with the San Francisco Giants in baseball. He's lighting a lot of money on fire today. That's what Uh, he's doing. He absolutely is. And then John Heyman had to come back and say, actually, not a done deal. I apologize. I jumped the gun. Oh. And then about 15 minutes before Dirt got here and before the show started, uh, we had the alert. Aaron Judge to the New York Yankees, nine years, $360 million. John Heyman did confirm that. He, oh, good, good. He did confirm. Have your sources confirmed it yet? Boy, Have you guys I, checked with your sources? Have your sources confirmed it? 
I would probably be devastated finding out what our company pays that guy <laughs> versus what he pays us. <laughs> To be that wrong and say arson judge is amazing. I just want to check in with you. How you doing? How you feeling? This uh, I'm doing of- okay. Okay, I'm All doing right. okay. Okay. Uh, I look. You know how I've what I've said about the Aaron Judge contract. I, in the short term, I would have loved it. I think the first three or four years of this deal, it's going to be great. And I would have loved to have Aaron Judge as a Yankee until he's 35 years old. Everything after that, no thank you. I want no part of that contract. Do you realize he's 30, 31 years old? Yeah. And he just signed a nine-year contract that's going to pay him $40 million a year until he's 40 years old? Good for him. Good, good, great for him. <laughs> great for him. I, the, the thing that has always terrified me about Aaron Judge is that, and I don't want to act like he was bad in 2021 because he wasn't. I think he had 38 home runs and 90-something RBIs. He you know, hit 280, something like that. Like That's a really good year. I don't think that's worth $40 million, especially when some of the home runs are aided for playing in a small ballpark. Right. Last year, is, I mean, I guess his rookie year, too. His rookie year, he burst onto the scene and hit the 50 home runs and just shocked everybody. Oh, my God, who's this new guy for the Yankees? But that year and then this past season in which he hit the 62 are kind of the outliers for his career. And every other year, he's been a good player. Some injury problems, you know, for the three years after his rookie season. Again, the 39 home runs, that's a really good year in 2021. I don't think that's worth $40 million a year. So I've always felt about Aaron Judge that in the short term, you'd love to have Aaron Judge on your team. There's no doubt. The Giants have money to spend. It ain't my money, so I don't care if they're throwing it down the toilet. But you're undoubtedly with this contract going to reach a point, and whether it's in three years, four years, five years, that you're saying, oh, my God, how do we get out of this? And I haven't seen all the details yet, but I'd be willing to guess he got a full no-trade clause as well. So you can't just ship him off somewhere after year five. He's got to agree to the trade, and you got to have a team agree to take on the rest of that contract. I, I was happy for him. Uh, you know, I was too. It's not like I'm just the biggest Aaron Judge fan. I thought this year was cool. Them shoving it down our throats and caring about the AL home run record was a little odd to me. Especially. That wasn't his fault. I felt bad for him. It no, wasn't his fault that ESPN was cutting in. I, I know, but... I'm glad he got to stick it to them. I'm glad that that team gave him the lower offer and he said, nah, I'm going to bust out 60 homers and I'm going to go get a bunch of ribbies and we'll go back to the playoffs. And he did it and he delivered and he got the contract. Yes. The one thing I'm thinking and I'm wondering now is Yankee fan, as many of them as there are, I think even the diest of diehard Yankee fan would probably tell you they don't deserve it, but yet they'd also tell you they do deserve it, right? Like, they, they show their true colors in so many ways in so many moments. <laughs> they're the worst fan base in all of sports. They're, they're, they're very problematic, but what I would say is I think it ultimately doesn't boil down to money. Um, I believe California has a very high tax rate. New York does too, do they not? I believe so. I don't know tax rates specifically, but... So, you know, tax rate stuff, Jersey, I'd have to look at their tax rate. I think rate. I saw something where he gets an extra $7 million going back York. to New York versus California. Because the Giants okay. offered him three sixty two. Okay, so if the difference is $7 million, that is not a difference enough, no. in my opinion, for him to make that decision. I think what he did, Dirt, here is as much as he probably wanted to go home and play for the hometown team... I'm just spitballing. It feels like maybe he chose the team who disrespected him and the fans who booed him. Based solely on one, he's gonna get he's gonna get this deal. But two, post career, he is Aaron Judge, New York Yankee. He is I mean, you said this right before the show. Derek Jeter might have more active endorsements yeah. than any baseball player right now. 
Which is a real big problem for the sport. Sure. But that's well, a conversation for another day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think a lot of the reason he is is because it's the cachet of being a Yankee. And so while I don't like that team, while I think their fans are spoiled, you know, brats, I think largely Judge just boiled it down and said, being a career-life pinstripe guy might pay off in a very big way post-career a little more so than it would be to be a giant. Yeah, I don't disagree with that point at all. I, you do see the state income tax stuff come into play occasionally. Like, this was brought up with Trey Turner. Did you see that Padres reportedly offered him $340 million and he accepted the $300 million deal for the Phillies, but part of that is the income tax and the state tax in California. Well, cost of living in Philly, I'd cost, imagine, right, cheaper than... Comparable yeah. to San Diego, it's, right. it's a hair different. He also was a guy that always wanted to be on the East Coast. He's a Florida kid, wants to go to Florida spring training and all that. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a home run point on your part because being a Yankee for your entire career and he's going to have a full no trade clause so he's going to have that control I'm assuming that's going to be in the deal uh, that that that's important when it comes to afterlife of baseball not saying that guys can't go to San Francisco or you know LA or San Diego the Yankees are the Yankees they're always going to be the Yankees and we have to hear about them way too often yep. we have to see them on our television way too often they haven't won a World Series in 13 years they've largely choked every year in the playoffs they've largely been overrated yet they're shoved down our throats every year like they're the God's gift to to sports and to baseball he understands that and I think it's a smart business move on his part the, the only part of this that upset me was I would have loved to see him stick it to Yankee fan and Yankee management. They didn't. They don't deserve him. Uh, they they lowballed him on an offer, as you point out, last season before the year started. He says, "Screw you! I'm going to go hit 62 home runs." The fan base booed him in the playoffs. Like, just take a moment to think about that. Take a moment to think about how big of a douchebag you have to be as a sports fan to boo a guy that hit 62 home runs in the regular season that gave us one of the more memorable regular season finishes that I can think of in baseball over the last 25 years by hitting the 62 home runs. It wasn't the real home run record, but it was cool. Like, I never thought I'd see somebody hit 62 in the modern game without the aid of steroids, and they booed him in the playoffs. He carried that lineup in the second half of the season. He was the only guy that showed up every single game, and he was the the sole reason, really, that they ended up where they were in the playoff race, and they booed him. I, I would have loved to have seen him flip the double bird and say, screw you, you don't deserve me. Uh, because that that's such a douchey thing for a fan to do. I always love talent being on the West Coast. I'm a big fan of it. Like, the Padres have some pretty big players. You know, the Dodgers, as much as I might root against them in the playoffs, you can't argue with the, the roster they have. The Giants have had some World Series, and maybe they'll get back there. Yeah, you guys signed. The big one you got was Mitch Hanniger. I mean, come I mean, on, Mitch Hanniger. Yeah, that's a big deal. Let's not downplay the Mitch Hanniger signing. Mitchie the kid. Uh, Seattle was fun this year. Now they've got... Julio, I would have liked to have seen Aaron Judge on the West Coast. I think that would have been great for baseball. You got Trout, obviously, and, and Otani. Rob Manfred and the baseball headquarters were celebrating uh, this morning, yeah. probably when they got the news that he was going to go back to the It's Yankees. a bigger deal to have these guys on the East Coast. The yeah. world centers around New York, does it not? It does. It does. Uh, bummer, but also not surprising. I get it. Like If you're going to get an Aflac deal when you're retired for six years after your career, because you wore pinstripes? He's going to be an American insurance guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many years until they're looking at this saying, oh, God? I think right in your wheelhouse, four or five years. I think Until I, it I, reaches the Pujols territory? He's not going to get to the 60-50 plateau, but I think he can give you a high 30s, mid 40s of home runs for the next three, four years. I think years. the big thing is, can he continue to give you 100 RBIs? Yeah, sure. Will he hit 
doubles? Will he hit sack flies with men on base, all that sort of stuff? Or does he just become a strikeout machine? When does he do the DH thing, too? When he's not in the I think four or five years. Yeah. It's, it's a he's lot easier a to defender. play. Yeah. It's a lot easier to play right field at Yankee Stadium than it is at uh, AT&T. <laughs> that is, it's a lot easier to hit home runs at Yankee Stadium yeah. than it is at AT&T. I'll say every pop fly just goes out in right field. So <laughs> yeah. That might have been part of his thinking, too. Do I want to hit 50 home runs a year or 35 home runs a year? Because that might be the yeah, difference. I don't know if he, if he saw what Pujols did. You know, getting all the fanfare around 700 home runs. He's got 220. Can he hit 480? Can he average 48 in 10 years? I don't think so. I don't but know. he certainly could no. do it. He couldn't do it in San Francisco. No. Can he get to 500? I think it'd be the cool yeah, number he'd get for to a 500. Day, 500, sure. I would hope, barring, you know, some season ending yeah. injuries. Uh, we need to get to something that I noticed from Dirt, and it was something mm. that I thought was really fun. And I want him to bring it back for the show because, of course, as I mentioned, Dirt does a lot of things not on the show that he should be doing on the show. Yeah, like sharing quality duck football content. Yes. Every weekend this season, it was like, hey, let me dive in. I didn't share this with Sprague. I'm a content machine. What do you want from me? I'm a company man. I spread out my takes. You do. Can't just use them all on one show. (laughs) I'm on multiple shows. I'll tell you what Dirt did. Uh. We'll get to that next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseballs and boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back in. Uh, every, every so often, Dirt likes to pump out tweets. Dirt's a little heavier on the Twitter machine than I am. I'm a sporadic tweeter. But he doesn't, like, read a bunch of Twitter. He just, like, goes on tweets, scrolls for, like, maybe a minute, and then signs off. <laughs> That's what usually what I do. Uh, yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I usually scroll and scroll and read and see and then rarely tweet. We need more tweets. I need more tweets. Yeah. Uh, we just two different ways of tweeting. Um, yeah, every, every once in a while I have a nugget. I if you feel- tweet, I'm surprised. I'm always shocked when I see you tweet. Yeah. I like Swigard tweets. I like seeing them pop up in my timeline. I think I need more. You have sometimes you're prone to give us some hot takes on Twitter, and then sometimes you're like, pilots are up four at the half, and it's like, where you didn't even tweet about the beginning of the game. Like, where did this come from? I need the hot takes from Swigo. I am surprised that we don't get more pilots' tweets. I'm busy during pilots' games. That is true. That I'm is grateful true. that we don't. To be honest with so, you, it's okay. Gotta, yeah. Usually it's Good if I, I'll, I'll like or retweet, you know, like when uh, – 
you know, after the PKI, they sure. won the uh, West Coast Conference Player of the Week and fresh newcomer sure, yeah. of the week. That sort your of thing. Honors, totally yeah. get it. But I need see this. I text this to you. I ran into a listener not long ago, and they were telling me how much they love the show, and I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." And they dropped a nugget of, "I like when Swag would just randomly." barge in with his life takes and i go well it doesn't happen often he goes i know but when he does it always makes me just go huh (laughs) and so i text you that you need to share more he's an interesting cat your food and drink takes are amazing they're so good and so bad yeah well meringue got the full brunt yesterday when i was still here so what do you mean? Oh, did you end up running the noon and three show yesterday? I was not relieved until around one thirty yesterday. Right. Meringue, nice. Meringue found out his producer and his co-host were both out yesterday. <laughs> Things are going great around yeah, here. I, I How's was... that holiday schedule looking, huh? I'm still waiting for <laughs> it to be finalized. But I need I need more from you in this department. I think well, you provide I think service. one the reason that they do resonate so much is because they're you know it's a supply and demand sort of thing. If you're they're just everything's out there all the time. No, they were saying they need more because your yours are yeah. always just like you're a unique individual. That Doesn't I like am. strawberries? What? Yeah, is he a human? Is he... Negronis are his favorite drink. Yeah, Negronis and Manhattans, baby. I like a good man. We, we start there. That's that's usually a good test for a bartender, too, to find out if they know what they're doing. You go to bars just to test the bartender? <laughs> Such a if I'm day. somewhere new. <laughs> you go to a bar and, and see what think, this guy's got. Huh? So if I'm somewhere new, and this is like, it's, it, I mean, it's like a nicer restaurant or it's somewhere. Your mic is really loud. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Okay. I think that's partly he's just he's a loud talker, he's a loud too. talker. And yeah. so... Do I, okay, how does this is this bartender experience, do they know what they're doing? I think if you order a Manhattan or Negroni, wow. and, a, and if it's mixed well, then you're like, okay, if, if they have, like, custom cocktails or something like that, or you're maybe like, I don't know if, how far out there I want to go with this person. If they, if they know how to properly mix a Manhattan or Negroni, then you're like, do you, do you get all the flavors of the different ingredients in there, but not one overpowering the other? I, I went to lunch with my dad yesterday. He came into town, and I won't say where we ate, but we ate at a pretty well-known restaurant that's not cheap. And I ordered an old-fashioned, and it was the worst old-fashioned I've ever had in my that's life. A, that's such a disappointing feeling. I, I was very disappointed. I think she used the cheapest possible whiskey you could. Yeah. Didn't even ask me what whiskey I wanted. See, that's that's misstep number one. It's a big miss. She worked hard, though. She was bussing tables, taking orders, and making drinks. So I yeah. didn't, yeah, whatever. I'll drink it. I like that you go to a bar, and your thought is, how can I test the bartender? I don't even, that doesn't even cross my brain. That's not even a thing. For See, me. my thought process in your situation would have been, I'm going to keep it simple. Like, I don't know if I try, like, I don't know if I test out the waters like Swagwood. I'd more see the lay of the land and think, do I, does this place look like they can make a good cocktail? And it doesn't mean there's not surprises out there. Sure. But if I'm like, ah, she seems to be doing a lot and she's making the drinks, why don't you just go fill me up an IPA? My dad got a light beer and I'm like, I probably should have just did Just that. give me a light yeah. beer and we'll be good. I'm, I've been drinking a lot of Pilsners lately. I'm on a Pilsner kick. Well, it was a, when, a, when you get a bad old fashioned, you actually end up getting a headache because it's just bad, cheap whiskey. And it's yeah. Just like, 
I don't I don't need that in my life. I didn't yeah. need it either. You don't need that well whiskey. Anyways, the point of this entire conversation was for me to say that Derp put out a tweet on December 2nd that I didn't see until yesterday. Oh. Thanks for following me, bro. I do follow you. Um, you got to do the, uh, have you guys changed your thing where you do the most recent tweets? I, I did that a while ago. Okay. Because yeah. that, that is did, a lifesaver But apparently I didn't, so I don't know. <laughs> well, December 2nd, I might have just been on Twitter very often that I day. I tweeted this out at the end of the Pac-12 championship game. Which, by the way, is something else I want to get to with that. Okay. Um, that's interesting. You tweeted, what a season for Pac-12 football. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. You said, best 10 games this year, question mark. And then you proceeded to rank your top 10 Pac-12 football games. This is how nerdy mm-hmm. I can get some. That game, because Utah was running away with it and the game was kind of over. Yes. I'm like, you know what? It's been a good year of Pac-12 football. And I was like, I wonder if I could think of the 10 best games this year in the conference. And so I, I legitimately I opened up my ESPN app and I just went week by week. And there was a lot of non-conference games that could have been included too. But I ultimately ended up deciding on the judgment, no non-conference games allowed. Because Utah-Florida was a great game. Oregon State and Fresno State was a great game down to the wire. Like there were good ones that could have been counted, but I decided conference only. Mountain West champions. Uh, you have your ninth <laughs> game. Your ninth game is the Pac-12 title game, and I just disagree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, that's fair. I thought after the first quarter that was basically Utah. Yeah, once we found out Caleb Williams couldn't imposing walk, their will, Utah taking that, and, and he was a statue, and Utah knew where he's going to be. USC in the face. Yeah. Like underrated game would be USC Arizona. USC won by only, I think, what, seven yeah. in that game? I mean, you could have done that with a lot of USC games. You could have done that with a lot of Arizona Here's my only counter. You know what the score was going into the fourth quarter? Uh, it, was it a three-point game? It was 24-17 to 17, Okay, going into the fourth quarter. Sure. Utah scored 23 points in the fourth quarter. I'm nitpicking the ninth game on your sure. list. I mean, that's, I that's did, to me the drama of, oh my God, USC is going to w- blow out Utah, sure. which everybody thought when it was 17 to three, to then flipping it and getting blown out, not just losing the game, but getting their ass whooped by Utah. And it was the conference championship. I thought that deserved a little consideration. That's a 44 to seven run from Utah. 44 to seven run. That's pretty remarkable when you put it in that context. Against a team that was supposed to go to the college football playoff. I don't want to do all 10. Although you did shortchange LSU-USC, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Four picks. I dragged would, it down a little bit. Well, it did, but it was a good game. I would it like was you, dramatic. I would like you to rank your top five for people who didn't see this tweet. And I want you to start at five and work your way to one because okay. I don't think I disagreed with your top five. I was Beaver really trying fans, to wrap my brain around this. Beaver fans have been butthurt that I don't have the Civil War higher on the list. Oh, and that's I, an in-state thing. And I have an argument, and I'm not, it's not a biased argument because the game that I have ranked higher than that, my team also lost to a rival. So I'm not choosing a game that Oregon won out of entertainment purposes. No, but the bias in you where Beaver fan, I think, would take note is they think you're biased not necessarily because of the game, but because you hate that other team more than you hate their team. Ooh, okay. That's an interesting theory. So you lost it, and so it hurt, it hurt you more. <laughs> I'm just trying to play psychiatrist here. In, yeah, in I don't know reason. if either of those hurt worse than the other one. Okay, they were right. both They were both pretty bad. So what are your <laughs> top five best Pac-12 football games this year starting at five? So the top five ended up being, number five, I had Oregon and Washington State. All the way back in September, a game that was crazy, back and forth, lead changes, a 95-yard pick six, uh, Oregon coming back, winning it, Washington State scoring in the final moment to cover cover the spread, a pick six the other way for Oregon and Mace Funa. Like, that game was bananas, a crazy comeback, fourth fourth down conversions and all that. 44-41 was your final. Number four, I had the Civil War. Again, Beaver fan was very upset that the Civil War was here. I have numbers to back up why I have another game higher than this. The main reason I had the Civil War fourth was because 
it's your argument about kind of the, the Pac-12 championship. Like, this was a tale of two games. It was a blowout one way and then a blowout the other way. And there wasn't a lot of drama until you realize, oh, my God, is this actually a comeback? So, I mean, that was a great game, a, four, you know, a, a goal line stand for Oregon State at the end, the crazy comeback, amazing comeback, amazing game. But I had a couple others ranked higher than that. Three was USC and UCLA, and I will acknowledge this is mostly out of bias. Screw both of them. They're leaving the conference because that game was terrific. It was 48-45. That was one of the better games of right? the year. DTR threw three interceptions, the last-second interception that ended up icing the game for USC. USC was down 14 points right out of the gate, and they came back and won the game. That game was bananas. Number two, I had Washington and Oregon, and this was the one that people thought the Civil War should be higher than. My argument is that Washington and you know how many yards – and lead changes existed in this game. Too many to count. There were over 1,100 total yards between Washington and Oregon. Both of them damn near went for 600 total yards apiece. There were 11 lead changes in that game. Yeah. 11. Wild. Like, that was a buckle up. This is going to be, court, you know, play one to the last play of the game. You're in for a roller coaster ride. There was never a lull. It was close in the first half. They combined for 48 points in the second half. Every time it felt like a team scored a touchdown and was going to take control of the game, the other team would come back and score a touchdown. You had fourth down, you know, controversy late. Like, a lot going on in that game. I had UW at Oregon number two. And number one was uh, Utah-USC. I thought that was kind of the unquestioned best game of the year. The comeback for Utah, the two-point conversion to win it, the fourth down at the end of the game. Like, there was a lot going on in that Utah-USC game, and I had it number one. I was really trying to get an argument against your number one game and I just couldn't come up with it because the balls it took to go for two to win it in that to moment to win the game after being down 14 to nothing yeah. USC comes back or, or no uh who was it USC was down 14 nothing in that game right no Utah it, was down big that that's right I'm I was flipping um but for Utah to do that and come back and win it yeah I I I remember watching. I think it, I think that was the game of the year. That was such a good game. Remarkable. Um, good list. A good list. I maybe you left out a game, but overall, I think you basically nailed the top ten games of the Pac-12 season. The other ones that showed up: USC, Oregon State, Oregon State, Stanford had to have been on there because of the finish of that game. Uh, Oregon, Utah, low scoring, ugly, similar to Oregon State and USC. Uh, and then I had the ASU Washington game in there too. OSU Stanford as a guy who watched that game at midnight. Uh, the ending was great. That game mostly blew. Yeah, that was about the finish, not about the entire game. Absolutely. All right, so there you go. Dirt, just a content machine all over Twitter. Uh, we got more football to get into. I want to talk about the Andrew Luck story by Seth Wickersham. Boy, that was a hell of a story. Basically going through Andrew Luck's decision to suddenly retire. Yeah. And so I want to talk about that today. So we got a whole lot to get to. Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080 The Fan. Uh, Seth Wickersham wrote an outstanding piece on Andrew Luck. I want to talk about that today. Uh, I just saw a picture of Baker Mayfield in a Ram uniform. That's weird. That's going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, we got news on Jimmy G to discuss. Uh, every once in a while, I like to fire dirt up. This is turning into the dirt hour. <laughs> what else you got? You didn't even ask for my final dirty poll of the year. Well, I, I you already know I have Alabama fourth. I thought you wanted to do bowl games and then do the dirty poll. I didn't know how to play that. Well, I didn't come out with my own college football playoff rankings. But I also did on Monday because I told you I would have voted Alabama fourth. Okay. And the other three teams. I guess I screwed this up then. Yeah, damn it. This is my fault. I crafted a final top ten of the year. I find out you basically don't talk to your wife. (laughs) Uh, I find out that Darren Judge broke your heart, but you're okay with it. And then we saw your content machine on Twitter. It really has been the Dirt Hour. It has, man. What else you got? Wednesday, Dirt Power Hour, 6 to 7 a.m. This is what we do, baby. 
Uh, how does Dirt feel about the fact that oh. Kansas State and TCU had 4 million more viewers in the Pac-12 championship game? I was surprised by that. The Big Ten doubled up the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, and that's the difference course. between Saturday it has to morning be, right? and Friday well, night. Well, is it, though? Because we, we have been saying, we on this show and maybe more people on the station, we have been saying now, I like Friday, standalone game. Turns out it's not competing with... Like, Kansas State, TCU is $4 million more. Can I make an arrogant comment? Than USC, Utah? I, I mean, I, I is that just about region? What is that? I'm going to make an arrogant comment here. Go ahead and swat it away if you would like. I think some of this has to do with Utah not being a sexy national draw. And I think if you put Oregon in that game, or maybe Washington, I think the ratings are higher. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> I think that's part of it. Very arrogant. It's a very arrogant comment. Very arrogant. I understand. Like if USC and Oregon, if Oregon doesn't lose to Oregon State, let's just play that hypothetical out for a moment. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. But if it didn't, did, did not, didn't happen, it would never happen. (laughs) If you had, I, I just, I tend to feel like if you had USC and Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, the ratings are going to be higher. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with your take on people rather watching Oregon than Utah. I still think Friday night for everybody because it was what five o'clock, so that's eight o'clock. Clock o'clock. on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I think that I think Friday night on the East Coast is versus like afternoon for versus the, Saturday yeah. night. I think more people are chilling at home on the weekend after doing stuff. Kansas State TCU was what an eleven a.m. kick. Wasn't that kind of an earlier? Was, game? It started at nine. It was the nine a.m. Pacific, so that's yeah. noon on the East Coast, eleven a.m. But it's Saturday and it's setting up an entire day right. of championship stuff. Well, and remember too, you also had a good chunk of sports fans that that morning were mm. watching the USA crap the yep. bed again in the World Cup, and so the yep. World Cup led right into the start of the Big 12 title game. Uh, that's true. I would add, though, I, I really do believe, I think if UW is against USC, it's the same, though, of what your point is on Oregon. I oh, think okay. people are like, okay, 10-2, and two, they can pass the ball, USC's defending. I just think those two teams, when they're really good, are bigger draws than Utah. I don't think that's a okay. shocking hot take by you. And now the counter-argument to that is it's not like Kansas State's a big national draw. The Big 12 did not have Oklahoma versus Texas in the Big 12 they championship game. TCU. <laughs> they had nearly 10 million people watch the game. That's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. When I saw that number, I was shocked. It's a better football game, though. You can't it was argue a, that. Wait, yeah, went yeah. to overtime. You yeah. had fourth down to sit. Like, yeah, that was a great game. You're, you're, I think the Pac-12 is ultimately hurt, and also, I think for the sake of the other teams in the conference, really lucky Oregon State wasn't in that game. We would have seen numbers we've never seen before. It would have been through the roof, man. They, they would have broken the Pac-12 championship game record. They College would, football fans have Bengal Branson fever, I and mean, they want more Bengal Branson. Could you uh, could you imagine the Wildcat by Damian Martin snap in that game, <laughs> and somehow they get revenge on USC? How many times are they going to throw it against Florida? Uh, do, you let him, do you let him sling it all over the park like we got nothing to lose, bowl game, Florida's got half their team out? Let's I think see once what they we go seventeen nothing, you start doing that. Yeah, <laughs> then you start throwing. You're going like reverse. You run to build the lead, and then you start throwing the football. I, I think that's the game plan by Lingren and Smith. <laughs> I think you say, "All right, well, we're we're gonna mop the floor with this SEC powerhouse, <laughs> and so we're just gonna start letting Ben Goldbranson throw in case we strike out on the uh, transfer portal." Air it out, buddy. Air it out. So uh, I saw those numbers. And I, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but uh, I was, I was pretty surprised. If you would have told me that the Big Twelve had more viewers, not surprised. They blew it out. Four million is a pretty four million is amount. a big difference. Uh, all right, hour number two. I want to start it with this. Seth Wickersham writing a piece on Andrew Luck. I find the journey, the decision, the whole story fascinating. I want to start the second hour there. Dirt and Sprague. Hour number two on the Odyssey app at ten eighty. The okay. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.